0: The reading is taken from Psalm 119, uh, and it's verses 89 to 112. Your word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Your faithfulness continues through all generations. You establish the earth, and it endures. Your laws endure to this day, for all things serve you. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have preserved my life. Save me, for I am yours. I have sought out your precepts. The wicked are waiting to destroy me, but I will ponder your statutes. To all perfection I see a limit, but your commands are boundless. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Your commands are always with me and make me wiser than my enemies. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. I have kept my feet from every evil path so that I may obey your word. I have not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. I have taken an oath and confirmed it, that I will follow your righteous laws. I have suffered much. Preserve my life, Lord, according to your word. Accept, Lord, the willing praise of my mouth and teach me your laws. Though I constantly take my life in my hands, I will not forget your law. The wicked have set a snare for me, but I have not strayed from your precepts. Your statutes are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. My heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very end. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Well, good evening, everyone. It's so great to be here. My name's Lydia. I work on the staff team here at St. Paul's, so thank you for coming. I love a motivational or an inspirational quote, but I think they're a bit like Marmite. I think you're either in the love them camp or you're in the hate them camp. So if you're in the hate them camp, I'm sorry for the next like, couple of minutes, just bear with me. There is a point to this. So like I said, I love an inspirational quote. And I have found in my life some of these quotes have become things that I'll say to myself as sort of almost like a mantra, something to encourage me. So I'm just going to tell you some of the things that I have, you know, repeated to myself. Some of them, most of them are Lydia Yielder originals. Um, So I hope you're inspired by them suitably. So the first one is this. When the hair's in a bun, the work gets done. (laughs) That is my study motto. When the hair's in a bun, the work gets done. So you're free to have that one if it applies to you. And then another one I've used for studying um, or to motivate myself to finish something is, I didn't come this far to only come this far. That's a bit more more serious. The next one, always know where your nearest is. And that, I'm ashamed to admit, is in reference to Starbucks or a good coffee shop. I I live by that mantra, always know where your nearest is. (laughs) And then another one, broken crayons still colour when surrendered to the artist's hands. That's a bit more serious again, and I've used that when I've been doubting uh, my worth or my calling. And then lastly, something that a friend once wrote to me, and I subsequently have actually written it in a few of my Bibles. And she wrote this, We go forward not by signs and wonders, but by stubbornly clinging to scriptural truth, even when everything else screams against us. Today is Bible Sunday, and I don't know where you stand with the Bible. I don't know what you think of it. I don't know how you engage with it. I don't know whether you do engage with it. And I also don't know how you measure how you feel God is working or how active or loud you feel God is. I don't know how you measure that. But I know for myself, God can feel frustratingly silent or he's not talking to me in the way I want him to talk to me. And sometimes there's no miraculous signs or wonders in my circumstances. But I have found that by stubbornly clinging to the truths of the Bible, particularly the story of Jesus, which is woven throughout the book. I found that I've moved forward both in my Christian discipleship and in my life, no matter how slowly that journey has felt at some points. So I want to say that engaging with the Bible will help us cling on. It will give us foundations in our faith. And tonight, really simply, I want to encourage us as to three reasons to be reading our Bibles. And I feel like Psalm 119, the verses we had read today, really highlight these reasons. So let me just pray for us as I start. Father God, thank you that we have access to your word. And how precious a gift that is. Um, Yeah, may... My words tonight be pleasing to you, God. May uh, you give us ears to listen and be attentive to you, Lord. Amen. So just a few words of introduction to Psalm 119, which is an amazing psalm, and I really commend you to go home and read it, a bit of um, bedtime reading for you all. Uh, But if I'd read it all tonight, it would have definitely been a bit long for Simon, and it would have been so much to unpack. Uh, so you're probably all grateful that I didn't but it is it's the longest psalm it's 176 verses and it's an acrostic poem so if you're interested in poetry so each of the eight verse stanzas begin with a letter of the Hebrew alphabet so if you've got your bibles in front of you you can see those titles Uh, that is just the letter of the Hebrew alphabet And a wonderful thing about this psalm is that almost every verse has some kind of reference to scripture, some kind of reference to God's word, whether that's law or decrees or precepts or commands. The word of God is the beating heart of this psalm. So that's just a little bit of introduction to the psalm, but the three reasons I want to offer you as to why we should be reading our Bibles if we're Christians, are this. Number one, it comforts us. Number two, it counsels us. And number three, it convicts us. So number one, the Bible is a source of comfort. And it's a source of comfort because it shows us the faithfulness of God. So verses 89 to 93. Your word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Your faithfulness continues through all generations. You establish the earth and it endures. Your laws endure to this day, for all things serve you. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have preserved my life." In something as temporal and shifting as our world and our realities can often feel, this psalm reminds us that God's word endures because God endures. His faithfulness continues through all generations. I think if we're being really honest, most Christians at some point will struggle with the Bible and um, we'll struggle about whether we can trust it or put our faith in it. And that's far, too, that's far too big a topic for me to unpack to you tonight. But I would really recommend doing some research into it yourself. But I think often apologists are the people who tackle the big questions like that. Can we trust the Bible? They'll start by defending uh, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. And... It, These Gospels detail Jesus' life and his character and his words. And in Jesus' life and his character and his words, we see someone who uh, definitely respects the authority of the Old Testament and takes seriously Scripture. So I think if you believe that Jesus is who he says he is, if you believe Jesus is Lord, you have to take the Bible seriously because he did and if you want um, a book to dive into some of these topics a bit deeper then I really recommend The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel it's a bit of an oldie but it's a classic and it's got some really helpful chapters on uh, particularly the reliability of the bible so all that I'm saying tonight presumes the bible to be true and if it's true These 66 books show us the story of a God who longs to restore and redeem his people to himself. And time and time again, it shows people encountering God, his power, his love, his faithfulness, his kindness. But in saying the Bible comforts us, I'm not asking us to cherry-pick feel-good verses, which it can be quite easy to do, can't it? but we shouldn't take them out of their context. And there is much hard and troubling to understand about the Bible and I think we need to be real about that. It's not an easy book to read sometimes. But I think throughout it, the continuing story of Jesus is revealed. There is a grain to scripture, you might often hear that, that phrase. There is a continually bigger picture uh, where it affirms itself so read it sensibly read it in its context you're not going to read a blog post the same way you're going to read a newspaper Um, and you're not going to watch a play the same as you read poetry the Bible is full of all sorts of different genres poetry, historical books letters, biographies and some of it's prescriptive in that it tells us what we should be doing but some of that some of it is descriptive in terms of it tells us what happened, and it is a narrative. We can come to the Bible and be comforted. And not only by seeing God's abiding faithfulness and His goodness, but also seeing a human frailty and weakness that most of us, if not all of us, definitely feel at some point in our life, we can see that in the characters that we encounter and we can see how God uses and restores and redeems and loves it's so easy to look for comfort in so many places outside of God my first thought when I'm upset isn't go pick up my Bible usually it's go get a bar of chocolate or have a bath but I really do believe that the Bible can comfort us Verse 105 says, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. Light comforts us when we're lost, when we're dark, when we're afraid. I lived in a village for a couple of years and I very quickly learned how amazing street lamps are because without them you can get a bit lost. It's easy to think the Bible is out of date. Or it's irrelevant, or it's too hard to understand, or it doesn't answer questions of our 21st century Western life. And sometimes it won't be a direct, straightforward answer. But I believe that it will always be revealing more of God's character to us when we engage with Scripture. It will help us to know Him more, to know Him better, to know Him deeper. And it will continually show us how to preserve our lives, like verse 93 said. The Bible comforts us. Secondly, it counsels us. Scripture teaches us, it guides us, it advises us, it gives us um, boundaries. It helps us to know how to live, in other words. Verses 97 to 109, let's just recap them. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Your commands are always with me and make me wiser than my enemies. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. I have kept my feet from every evil path so that I might obey your word. I have not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. I have taken an oath and confirmed it, that I will follow your righteous laws. I have suffered much, preserve my life, Lord, according to your word. Accept, Lord, the willing praise of my mouth and teach me your laws. Though I constantly take my life in my hands, I will not forget your law. Just as I was saying, by getting to know and understand God better through the words and story of the Bible, we understand more and more how he would have each of us live our individual lives. The author of this psalm is exuberant in their love for God's word. They love the law. They desire to meditate it all day. They want to wrestle with it. They want to chew it over. They want to question it. We need to be reading our Bibles critically, just like we need to be listening to the people speaking to us critically. I really hope that you don't just sit there and accept everything I say. I hope that you test it against your knowledge of scripture and your knowledge and relationship with God. And we need to do that with our Bibles. And not as if we're sitting um, an English essay or, or an exam or something. But we need to take this book seriously. Because although we don't worship the Bible, we do worship the one who we believe wrote it and inspired it and whose story is told throughout it. It's okay to have questions, it's normal, it's good. And it's okay sometimes that we're not always going to resolve those questions, especially not every time we come to our Bibles. If I'm trying to read my Bible a bit more devotionally rather than really deep study, if if there's something I don't understand or I have a question about, I tend to just draw a little question mark in my Bible right there and then and I leave it and move on. And it's amazing how often a couple of weeks or a month or two later, I've forgotten all about this. And I'll come to the same passage again and I'll read something and I'll see a question mark and I'll be like, why did I put a question mark there? Because I think when we engage with scripture, it informs our knowledge of other scripture and it can help us understand better. So engaging with God's word, it makes us wiser. Verse 98 says... Your commands are always with me and make me wiser than my enemies. I think a helpful way to think about wisdom is it's not knowing more, but it's knowing how to live and act with what we do already know. I love the old sort of adage that um, knowledge is knowing that a fruit is a tomato, but wisdom is knowing not to put it in a fruit salad. I find that really helpful. (laughs) Jesus is our model in how we live. And again, he treated scripture seriously. It's what he used when he was tempted in the desert. He quoted Deuteronomy at the devil. He said not that he came to abolish it, but to fulfill it. You quite often hear people say, oh, I really struggle with the Old Testament. I just leave it and I read the New Testament. That's a bit easier and, um, to understand and engage with we can't, we can't disregard the Old Testament. If we take Jesus seriously, then in knowing and understanding him and his life better, we have to engage with the whole of scripture. And it is hard. There are bits of the Bible that are really hard. But in looking to the Bible, we find that it's full of boundaries and guidance and help. But all of these things are to be understood in light of relationship with God. If a non-Christian friend came up to me and um, was asking for guidance and help in a situation, I would give it to them, or I would try to, but they, I don't believe that they should follow the words of the Bible, because they don't believe in God. I'm not gonna try and inform their thinking with scripture, although I will try and inform them with the wider portion of scripture. I think tending to love other people is quite a good, a good thing, regardless of what we believe. But it is our relationship which informs what we do. If you're a Christian here tonight, it is your relationship with God which matters as to why take, we should regard the Bible seriously. If you think about the Israelites, the Ten Commandments were given to them after God rescued them from Egypt. So God rescues and redeems and then it's in light of that relationship that he asks us to follow him and obey him. I sometimes wish the Bible was a bit clearer in its um, counsel and in its insight. I don't know if you've ever wrestled with the idea of calling or what you're meant to do with your life or when you, when you grow up, suddenly we all find ourselves a bit more grown up than we perhaps thought we were um, a couple of years ago. And I wish that you could open your Bible and bam, there'd be a verse that said, you should do this. Uh, Unfortunately, that hasn't been my experience yet. Although God can work powerfully uh, through the Bible like that for some people. But in my life, I know that in coming to the Bible time and time again, in my messiness, in my reality, in my confusion, in my sadness or in my joy, I have seen the continuing message that God is good, that God is faithful, and that God does have a plan. It doesn't always take all of the questions away, I can't tell you that, but it, does, it is amazing how powerful those reminders can be and how they can be for our daily discipleship, our daily walk with Jesus. Where do you look for guidance or counsel? Light guides us. Often the first thing we do when we have a power cut or lose power is we we try and find the candles and light them because we don't want to be bumping into each other or furniture. And again, when we're dark or lost or scared, light guides us. Your word is a lamp to my feet. And thirdly, the Bible convicts us. So let's let's look again at 105 to 112. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. I have taken an oath and confirmed it, that I will follow your righteous laws. I have suffered much. Preserve my life, Lord, according to your word. Accept, Lord, the willing praise of my mouth and teach me your laws. Though I constantly take my life in my hands, I will not forget your law. The wicked have set a snare for me, but I have not strayed from your precepts. Your statutes are my heritage forever, they are the joy of my heart. My heart is set on keeping your decrees until the very end. So, this number three, the Bible convicts us, is the most challenging of the three. I think we can probably all identify with the psalmist who says in verse 109, that I constantly take my life in my own hands. There is stuff in our life that doesn't align with um, the character of God. Whether it's greed or selfishness or violence or arrogance or lewdness or sullenness or contempt, I could go on and on listing things. I think when we read scripture and we encounter God more and more, and like I've been saying, his character more and more, this can show up those things more sharply and in more clearer focus. When we see the truth of who he is and the truth of how he would have us live. Hebrews 4 verse 12 tells us, For the word of God is alive and active, Sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. I remember a time in my life where I was pretty broken. I was pretty frustrated at God. I was not reading my Bible. I wasn't taking God seriously at the time. I was probably more running away from him, sort of chasing my own tail. But I remember very powerfully one day sitting with my Bible and reading Psalm 51. I have no idea why. I have no idea what guided me there or or where that idea came from. But as I read it, it was I had this amazing experience of God speaking directly to me, and I realised uh, what well, is actually quite obvious. I realised that when we sin. We sin against God himself, um, which, yeah, apparently hadn't, hadn't struck me before. But in, I saw it and felt it in a new light. And it was this moment of conviction where I knew so powerfully that my thoughts and attitudes and lifestyle had to change. And it was a really uncomfortable moment. But it was such a beautiful moment as well. Because in that moment, I realized the grace of Jesus, the grace of Jesus who died for us when we're at our worst, when we're broken, when we're confused, when we're not living as people of him. And that those two things were intention in my mind, that God knew me and he loved me and he saw me and his grace was enough for me. And that was such a powerful encounter that I had with God through reading his word and it convicting me. A conviction, conviction doesn't sound fun because it rarely is. It's uncomfortable. But there is a freedom to it. That freedom of being truly seen, of being truly known, of being truly loved. Light shows things up. How many of us have realised how dirty our windows actually are when the sun comes streaming through them? Or if we've shone a light on the floor, we might see slug trails just sort of glistening there. If we let it, the Bible can do the same for us. It can show us where we're not honouring God. But it also alongside that showcases us the amazingness of God's grace. I love the verses at the end 111 to 112. Your statutes are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. My heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very end. Like I said, if we believe in God, we need to take his word seriously. It's not always easy, and we need to find ways that help us do that and people to help us in that journey. Where do you get your comfort or your counsel or your conviction from? I think we need to use the ways we naturally work and and build that into our relationship with Scripture. So if you're a people person, if you get your comfort or your counsel from being with people, Read the Bible alongside others or ask other people to keep you accountable, to keep checking in with you. If you love studying, if that's what really brings you joy, then read your Bible alongside some notes or a commentary. If nature is a great source of comfort to you, take your Bible outside and read it there. It's important that we are engaging with Scripture The Bible comforts us. It can comfort us. The Bible can counsel us. And the Bible can convict us. So I'm going to pray, and I just want to um, invite the worship band to come up while I'm doing that. But just take a moment between you and God, and honestly tell him how you feel about his word. Because he can handle it. Um, yeah Father God we thank you again for your word we thank you for the impact it can have on our lives and our relationship and our walk with you and I pray that we would take it seriously if we are following you Jesus help us to know you deeper Help us to love you better and help us to love your world with the knowledge of your story, God. Pray for all of us here tonight. Amen.